Hey there, everybody. It's me, Ian Shapiro, your host for Politics Explained. I kind of want to have a bit of a different episode today. I want to talk about a theme instead of just what's going on in the news. Obviously, if there's crazy breaking news that just needs to be reported on, we'll hit on that. Uh, but without going into the meat of the news, I want to talk more about politics, democracy, and civic engagement, right? Participation in a democracy. Some of these segments might be a little bit long-winded, or they may seem like they drag on, but I promise there's a point. And I, I want to give context to why we would want to talk about and have a discussion on political participation, uh, because I'm about to tell you that it's a very important thing. However, it's not something that a lot of us do in our daily lives. In fact, I would put my money on for many of you, even if you're interested in politics, probably the most politically active you've been is going to vote every two or maybe every four years, or maybe posting or reposting some political article on social media. And while these are important tasks in a democracy, they're different. And also, they're pretty low cost. It doesn't take you a lot of effort to go somewhere once every four years and cast a ballot. Or for a lot of us now, you just cast a ballot by, you know, receiving it in the mail, filling it out in the comfort of your own of your own armchair and, you know, sending it back to wherever it may go. Uh, and as far as the, you know, internet political participation, uh, these are important things to do. However, just because you can participate on the internet doesn't necessarily mean more people are participating, even though it seems like it would be a lot easier to do these types of things. What you're probably getting here is that there's a lot to political participation, and I kind of want to talk about that. Now, I don't think I'm really going to break today up into segments uh, for those of you listening on Anchor. I think today it really is going to be almost a stream of consciousness. And because it is a stream of consciousness, I encourage you to uh, you know, click that discussion button, uh, favorite and call into the station so that you can interject your own voice into this discussion. See what I just said there? I want you to insert your voice into this discussion that we're having on political participation in our democracy, because unless your voice is heard, it really just isn't counted. You may hear people say something about like the silent majority, but if there's no action on the part of that majority, does it truly matter? So let's get down and dirty about political participation. A lot of people probably correctly think that there's a lot of apathy when it comes to politics. We see political elites in Congress fighting each other. You know, we see screaming matches on Fox News and CNN. And it really seems like among these political experts, nothing really gets done. And that would make any citizenship say, Ugh, this politics stuff, I, I'd rather watch Game of Thrones or go play Destiny 2 uh, or hang out with my friends or go to a bar or, or anything instead of politics. However, it's pretty amazing. Despite all this, we do have people that participate meaningfully in the political process. Um, now, you might say, yeah, a lot of people vote, millions of people vote. I want you to remember this. If you take anything away from today's episode, it's this. Voting is important, 
but it is also a blunt act of political participation. What do I mean when I say it's a blunt act? When I say that voting is a blunt act of political participation, what I'm really saying is it doesn't convey a whole lot of information about your preferences. I mean, look at the 2016 presidential election. A vote for Donald Trump essentially said you want him to be president more than you want Hillary Clinton to be. A vote for Hillary Clinton said, I want Hillary Clinton to be president more than I want Donald Trump to be. However, anyone who kept up with that campaign knows that those two candidates were extraordinarily different from each other. So how much information can you really glean simply from someone's vote, especially in a partisan era where it seems like, oh, okay, that person is Republican. I tend to think of myself as Republican. I'm going to give them my vote. That's not really a mandate, right? People say like, oh, this person was elected, therefore our party has a mandate. Like, the mandate is a myth. You can you can read some papers on that. We may go into that in an episode if there's a request for why mandates are generally myths, um, or at least the ones that the executive office uh, pulls out, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. But the point is, voting is blunt. It doesn't convey a huge amount of information. Let me contrast that. So say you were at a rally that was um, opposing uh, abortion, right? You're holding up a sign that has a very specific political message on it. Now, you could be for or against abortion. That's beside the point. The point I'm trying to make here is that voting, I'm just saying that I like Trump more than Clinton or Clinton more than Trump. If you do something like give your money to a candidate or a cause, or if you go out and actively participate and like rally behind a, an issue stance, then you're giving a very at least a more specific type of uh, information to you know the powers that be that are listening to the citizenry. And that's a lot more than you may think. Legislators, of course, listen to citizens. They want to get reelected. They're probably going to listen to what the people who have votes have to say. Presidents are also an elected office, right? Now they go by the Electoral College, so it's not as direct of a link between your vote and them being elected, but they still care about popular opinion in order to get their agenda passed with a Congress that is also paying attention to that popular opinion. Even the courts, although, you know, the Supreme Court is not elected, right? They are appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. However, they still also care about your voice that makes up public opinion. You may say, well, why is this? I kind of learned in school that they are sealed off from the powers of public opinion because they are not elected. That's in the Constitution. That's the whole reason why it's written like that in the Constitution. Well, the courts, like think of the Supreme Court, they still need their decisions to be enforced. Who enforces the law? You learned that in elementary school. It's the executive office, which we already talked about, is encouraged to do things and not do other things because of popular opinion. And again, how is popular opinion expressed? Through political participation. You can hold all the attitudes you want, precise, blunt, whatever. If you don't let them be known somehow, either through voting or some more effortful form of political participation, your voice is as good as wasted. Now, you may be saying, I don't really like to stand out in social settings, uh, but I do want my political voice to be heard. Talk with friends and relatives about politics interpersonal communication, the sharing of ideas, those types of uh, interactions have effects on people. Um, studies have been done to show that 
Just talking about your own intent to go out and vote, which is a private act, can get other people to remember, hey, yeah, voting's coming up, or yeah, it's also my civic duty to vote. We have scientific studies that show a cascade effect that essentially say, you voting is actually worth in the aggregate about like 2.5 votes because you can get other people that you know to get out and vote. So you don't have to do a lot to make sure that you are engaging the people around you. And if everyone's doing that, we're all more engaged, um, all more educated, and we can all have a more representative democracy. Now, a lot of you are probably saying, well, that's all well and good if I'm engaging the people who you know follow uh, my belief systems and will help get my people elected. But I certainly don't want to discuss and engage with people if it's going to mobilize them and they're going to go vote for the other team. Yeah, that's a risk that you run. But, I mean, you didn't form social relationships or at least all of your social relationships like definitely think of your family at Thanksgiving based on political affiliation, right? You formed friendships and, and social contacts in your life based on other common interests, maybe where you work, maybe you went to school together, maybe you grew up as best friends and just happened to have different political views, right? We form social bonds all the time irrespective of political party and you talk to these people on a pseudo or regular basis and so you have the opportunity there to transmit what political information you have what political attitudes you have to other people and they can in turn internalize them you know fight you back the point is you're becoming engaged in politics and I, I know that since 2016, it's kind of like, yeah, politics is important. We should all be engaged in it. Keep in mind that a lot of people don't have an intrinsic interest in politics. You know, before 2016, it almost seemed like unless something in politics was going to hurt you or you were just a super crazy like Nate Silver 538 nerd or if you're like me and you're an academic and you like, get paid to read this stuff every day, like that was the only stuff that would interest you. But Today, it seems like you can have casual conversations about politics. What we really worry about is not the engagement part, but how to be engaged, stay engaged, and also preserve those social relationships that, like we said, probably weren't formed uh, with political ties in mind. So there's my little spiel on you know, political participation, why it's important in our democracy, you know, to make your voice heard in decision-making processes, and how you can get involved uh, above and beyond just posting things on social media. You can talk to people in real life, talk to them over social media, interpersonal communication, and all that. So I guess uh, here's my, my call to action for you. Uh, call into the station or just kind of internalize this. Uh, what has your norm been for political participation? How interested do you feel that you as a person are in politics and the everyday goings on in politics? Uh, if you're listening to this show, you're probably predisposed to be at least a little bit interested or curious in politics because the name of this show is Politics Explained and you're listening to a budding political scientist talk about politics that's going on every day. Uh, so there may be some selection bias going in there. Nevertheless, I want 
want to know how interested you are in politics, maybe why you became interested in politics. And, um, you know, if post 2016 world, you're more interested in becoming engaged at the state, local or federal level, uh, uh, you know, like helping your party, uh, advocating for a particular is issue position. Uh, how are you becoming engaged and engaging others to be, well, just more thoughtful about the democracy in which we live. Okay, that was my soapbox. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe do these every so often if, if people find them enjoyable, or at least more enjoyable than the daily political news. Uh, until then, you have just listened to Politics Explained. We talked about political participation. Uh, I'm your host, Ian Shapiro. Have a great day.